Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you on a Tuesday afternoon, 403-974-8255. We'll continue the conversation about hockey getting away from the uh, arena debate, getting into the NHL-IOC debate. And by the way, one other hockey note, and I made this point on Twitter, getting some reaction to it. You know, look, as folks may know, I'm from Edmonton originally, grew up cheering for the Oilers, and those aren't really allegiances you just cast aside. So it's a big night tonight for the Oilers. Cam Talbot has had a great year, could get his 41st win of the year, which would be a team record. Grant Fuhrer got 40 wins in 87-88. Can I just make a point here? They didn't have shootouts in 87-88. Grant Fuhrer had nine ties that year. I'm going to guess at least a few of those, especially given the, the players they had on that team. They had shootouts. The Oilers might have been pretty good at the shootout. Some of those probably would have been shootout wins. So I think you're kind of comparing apples and oranges here, personally. But that aside, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about the NHL against the IOC. We learned yesterday that the NHL is going to take a pass on sending its players to the 2018 Winter Olympics, which are going to be in South Korea. And maybe that's a big factor. Uh, but certainly I can understand from the NHL's perspective, I mean, to shut down their season, send their best players over there, risk them getting injured, uh, and to have to basically pay the cost of all of that. From my understanding, the IOC is really being intransigent here, that they want to reap all the benefits of this. They want to pocket all the money from this. I think the NHL was just looking, even for some association, just call us an official sponsor or let us use the Olympic rings in some of our marketing. The IOC wouldn't budge. And I guess as Calgary explores whether to host the 2026 Winter Olympics, the fact that the IOC doesn't like to compromise at all on anything, uh, that should be worrying to us. But now we learn today that some NHL players may go anyway. In fact, uh, superstar Alex Ovechkin uh, said as much last night. The next year's schedule is not out there yet. So if uh, in the schedule it's not going to the Olympic Games yet, then... Uh, see they uh, don't bluff but uh, again um, still on time uh, still uh, everything can change but uh, in my mind uh, like I said already uh, I'm going it doesn't matter what I'm going no matter what and he's not alone so it creates a problem here the NHL's taking a beating I think PR wise today and uh, this poses an additional problem. Joining us for some thoughts on all of this, Greg Wyshynski joins us. He uh, runs the Puck Daddy blog with Yahoo Sports. Greg, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, were you surprised, first of all, by the announcement yesterday, or did you think some kind of deal would be worked out? Uh, I think we were all surprised because I think ultimately we're, we're optimistic uh, and, and our hearts kind of speak for our heads sometimes as far as knowing that this is the best short-term tournament maybe in the history of the sport. 
uh, with the amount of talent on hand, gold medals at stake. I mean, it's been great to watch Olympic hockey. Um, so I think we all thought that maybe they'd figure out something. But logically, when you look at what the NHL has sacrificed for the last five Olympics and what they're asking for from the IOC, who, as I wrote this morning on Yahoo Sports, is the big bad in the situation, uh, it became apparent that you combine all these things, what they asked for, what they didn't get, what the IOC uh, did as far as pulling even the funding they had received for the previous five Olympics uh, for these Olympics, and you combine that with the fact that from time zones to uh, marketing, they the NHL owners have no interest in going to South Korea. Uh, it, it kind of all led to this decision. Now, we saw, of course, last year with the, the World Cup, and that was maybe a hint that the NHL would rather do that, where they control it all, they control the schedule, and they control the money. Uh, but despite that, and the players having the opportunity to see that format, the, the reaction from the players to the Olympic decision was was pretty strongly worded. The players are really mad. Why, why do they believe so strongly in this? Well, they want to go. I mean, and, and it's funny. It's, it's, people, people always kind of focus on the elite players that represent their countries at the Olympics. Don't forget, this is also a three-week break for every third and fourth liner in this league. You know, these are guys that never get to see their families. They, yeah. you know, these are a bunch of vacations to Disney World that are being uh, skipped now that happen every four years for these guys. So it's, it's uh, the NHLPA as a whole, obviously, is in favor of going to the Olympics. Now, a couple things about that, which I find interesting for all the players that are speaking out. The first is that there's no language in the collective bargaining agreement that says that they have the right to go to the Olympics. There's language in the CBA about them going to the double IHF World Championships every year, but they never collectively bargained to make the Olympics a mandatory thing. So that's a big mistake on their part. The other thing, too, and I don't quite get this yet, um, all, if the NHL did get its way and was able to sell you know, Olympic-branded merchandise or maybe got a cut of the TV deal or any of the revenue-generating things they talked about, it is in the collective bargaining agreement, but the players in the NHL would share that revenue 50-50. In almost every other venture that the NHL explores, whether it's games overseas, the all-star game, outdoor games, all of it, the players are very cognizant of the money that they receive uh, from those deals. In this case, they don't care. It's all about patriotism, the gold medal, the whole thing. And I've never seen it before where the players basically have no interest in the NHL generating revenue from an event that they're taking part in. Yeah, well, that, that just surprised me, too. Yeah, because they, they get a cut of the the World Cup action, right? The NHLPA is a partner in that, right? It's a 50-50 for anything that happens, like the World Cup, the Olympics, any of these events, it's a 50-50 split. But, you you know, to a man, these players today have basically said, you know, greedy owners, yada, 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 which, I mean, you could be, I mean, it's expected, and a lot of the fans feel the same way because we're we're conditioned to to go after Batman and go after the owners whenever there's a labor dispute. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, What what also surprises me about it, though, is... That it's going to make it a lot harder, I think, for the NHL to to go back and basically uh, plead with the IOC, can you let us in to the following Olympics, the Winter Olympics in China in the year 2022? Uh, Because the NHL, I mean, they're going to have some exhibition games in China. They really seem to be making a push to want to break into that market. you got to think that they're going to want to be a part of those Olympics. Can, Can they have it both ways? They want to be a part of them uh, of, the, of 2022, without question. They, the China market is the one they, they want to play in. They've targeted, like you said, the games there next season. I imagine it's going to be the same case for the next four years leading up to the 2022 games, kind of laying the groundwork, kind of making the NHL and hockey synonymous in the eyes of local fans, which I'm sure is part of this equation too. But the gamble they're taking is that they, they, they don't go to 20, 
to uh, 2018, uh, but are still allowed to go to 2022. And I don't know if it's going to work out that way. Yeah, you would think if, if it meant so much to the NHL, right, you know, just suck it up, get through these, these Olympics next year, and then uh, then you're all set. Then you can uh, have the, the showcase in China. And, and I guess it speaks to the other point about how much they value the Olympics. Because if you think the Olympics are a waste of time, you're not getting anything of it, it shouldn't matter where they are. But if you see it as a platform for your game and your stars, you're going to want to be there regardless of where it is, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting balance. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, they see the value in it. I mean, you know, obviously if they want to go to China, they know that it's an incredible platform for, for hockey. Uh, it's a, it is a way to promote your players in, in emerging markets. Um, without question, they understand the value of it. And, and Gary Bettman is the guy who at the end of the day bought the players to the Olympics in 1998 and working with the NHLPA. Um, what they want out of it, though, is something, <laughs> something tangible. There, there's all this talk about growing the game and, and, you know, the betterment of the game and, you know, all the sort of nebulous, unprovable stuff that is the positive after, after effect of the Olympics. But the NHL owners are, are saying, look, we have been lending our assets to the IOC, to another business, uh, for five Olympics, and we've not seen a dime from the IOC uh, to give us a little bit of, of, uh, of revenue going the other way. They cover the cost for the players and travel and accommodations, but they don't actually send anything back to the NHL itself. So... You know, I think after five Olympics and, and seeing how this thing has played out and, and knowing the challenges of having games in South Korea and uh, the time zone difference and, and being generally over the whole shutting down the season for a few weeks, which I don't know. I think they make too much of the, out of that, to be honest with you. But I, I think it's reasonable to expect that they can share in the wealth when it comes to their players creating revenue for another business. And at the end of the day, the IOC didn't want to give the NHL anything because then they'd have to give it to the NBA, the PGA, the LPGA, the Tennis Federation, the Soccer Federation. It is a, a slippery slope when they start compensating professional leagues for their athletes being in the Olympics, even if those athletes are making money hand over fist for the IOC. Yeah, that's true. Now, I, I guess we're not sure what the the plan is going to be if the NHL players don't go, what kind of teams that these countries are going to field. you, you got to wonder, too, if you're Alex Ovechkin and you win a gold medal by beating some you know Canadian beer leaguers, is that, does that mean as much? <laughs> well, when you've won nothing in your career, it might mean something. <laughs> I mean, like, I at, this, at, this, at this point, I think you know, he'd be happy if he, if he, you know, if he won a gold medal on eBay, uh, <laughs> the way things have gone in his career, but um, it's, it's a combination of two things. So to answer your first question, Hockey Canada and USA Hockey have been scouting pro players overseas that are playing in Russia and Sweden and Switzerland and places like that. Those guys are going to be in the mix. There's, you know, the considerations about junior players and NCAA players, which in a, in a roundabout way might actually be beneficial to the NHL because let's say a young NCAA player wins the gold medal for the United States all of a sudden that kid's a star before he comes into the NHL. So there might be some advantageous stuff there. But the big question is, what about the NHL players? You know, there, you have Ovechkin saying he wants to go. You have his owner, Ted Leonsa, saying he'd be allowed to go in his eyes. You have other players that are making noise about leaving the league for three weeks and going while the season's ongoing. I think at, I think at the end of the day, and this is just me guessing, you're going to have owners that don't want to say no to their star players, and they're going to turn to Gary Bettman, and they're going to say, Gary, the best thing that you do is be the thing that everybody hates. We need you to create some sort of a law or some sort of a rule that will prevent these guys from going so I don't have to be the bad guy and tell Alex Ovechkin that he can't go represent Russia in the Olympics. Now that, that creates a problem for the NHL because 
you can't have a double standard where stars can get away with just you know walking away from their teams for three weeks, uh, and maybe lesser guys are going to get punished or, or blocked. So, either got to let them all go or prevent them all from going. I, I don't know how that's all going to work. How are teams going to handle this? I think it's going to be a combination of two things. I mean, if, if the league does have to step in and make some sort of a rule to say that these guys can't go, I think it's going to hurt the teams. It's going to be you know million dollar fines, loss of draft picks. It's, it's easier for the NHL to go after the teams than it is for them to go after the players because you're dealing with the collective bargaining agreement and you're dealing with player contracts. So I think the punishments will go to the teams. But the other factor in this, too, and, and this is an interesting one, if you, if you get a chance to check out things the Chicago Blackhawks are saying today, you have Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, kind of all these guys saying, you know, our boss is our boss. And, and if, uh, if they say don't go, well, they pay our salary. We're probably not going to go. And in the case of a guy like Jonathan Taves, I mean, that's Captain Canada right there. You know, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a guy who doesn't normally toe the company line uh, when it comes to uh, the NHL and the players. And and I think it's going to be a case by case thing. And and the most interesting thing for me when it comes to players leaving, I think everybody's hung up on this idea that it's Ovechkin and Crosby and McDavid and Matthews and the, all these guys going. You know, the, 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 the Olympic hockey tournament needs goalies, too. And, and, like, if your goalie leaves for three weeks and you're kind of a playoff bubble team and all of a sudden it's the understudy playing for three weeks while the other guy's playing in the Olympics, you might have a different perspective on this whole thing as a fan, I think. Yeah, no kidding. Now, for you personally, Greg, I mean, wh- where do you come down? For me, I think if it's best on best, I don't really care if it's Olympics, World Cup, Canada Cup, whatever. But wh- where do you come down on it? There's absolutely nothing like Olympic hockey. There's nothing. I mean, we all saw the World Cup and it being the pale imitation of what the Olympics are. When there's a gold medal on the line, when you're representing your country, not all the games are great, but most of the games are very tense and exciting. And it's, it's the best hockey you can see. And all these guys care about it, and it's beautiful. Um, so I, I want them to go. <laughs> but, but ultimately, in, in writing the story this morning and reporting this thing out for the last year, it, it's, come, it's become pretty obvious to me that, you know, I, I, I know it's easy to blame the NHL. I know it's easy to blame Bettman. A lot of the players are doing it themselves in the last 24 hours. But I put it, I put it square on the IOC. You know, they've, they've profited from these star players for five Olympics. I think the NHL has made some demands that are pretty reasonable, some not so much. Like, hey, why don't you move ice hockey to the Summer Olympics? That's pretty dumb. But, like... <laughs> Being able to sell a T-shirt with the Olympic rings on it and T.J. Oshie's name on the back the day after he beats Russia, it's a pretty reasonable demand. Um, but the IOC wants to keep all the money to themselves. Uh, they don't want to compensate any of these leagues for allowing their star players to be headliners and sell tickets for Olympic events. And uh, I think after five Olympics, the NHL has every right to ask for a, a little bit of compensation uh, for lending their players at no cost uh, to the Olympics. Yeah. And by the way, and those issues you mentioned, they don't really have anything to do with South Korea in particular. But do you think it's a different story if the next Winter Olympics are in North America? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Without question. Because I think, I think, you know, a lot of these owners have done cost-benefit analysis. And I think in their minds, they know that, you know, we are more willing to shut down the season if the games are in Calgary uh, than we are if the games are in South Korea. And on the East Coast, in New York and Toronto... People are wait, having to wake up at 6 in the morning to watch a game at 7 at night in South Korea. In Los Angeles, they're waking up at 3 a.m. to watch a 7 o'clock game in Los Angeles. So I, I think they, there is a difference for them. All right. Well, the Puck Daddy blog, much more on all of this. Yahoo Sports. Greg, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. <laughs> 
Did he hang up? All right, anyway, uh, but uh, Greg Wyshynski, there you go, editor of the Puck Daddy blog on uh, Yahoo Sports. Uh, we appreciate his thoughts on, I, I don't know if it's a standoff, but maybe it's, it's all finished now. The NHL said, okay, we can't get the deal we want, we're not going to go. But now there's the potential for a standoff between players and owners. Like Greg said, I mean, it's bad enough if you're Washington and you lose Ovechkin for a few weeks. Uh, but then you lose your starting goalie for a few weeks, too. Right? I mean, you know, certainly if we're talking about Team Canada, that would be uh, one contender. We're between the pipes. So, yeah, that, that's... And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, yeah, it's going to put the league in, in a tough spot. And once Ovechkin says, I'm going, doesn't matter, I'm going, I think that, that kind of clears the way for other players to say the same thing, too. And you can't have a double standard. You can't say, well, we're too scared to stand up to Ovechkin because he's such a big star. I guess he gets to do what he wants. But uh, you third liner who plays for, you know, Latvia, you're not going anywhere. So sit down and shut up. It's not going to work that way. All right, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. All right, welcome back. 403-974-8255. And the other question is, and this text is interesting, that if these players decide to go to the Olympics, if they get hurt, they should not get paid until they can play again. I wonder what would happen then. Uh, Wasn't it John Tavares who got injured at the Olympics? Right, So the Islanders took a risk allowing their star player to go. They didn't get any financial benefit from, from participation in the Olympics, and then they lost their star player to injury. So yeah, that, that's a risk. And now if you're going to walk away from your team and just kind of go on your own, you'd have to, I guess, get some lawyers to go through the collective bargaining agreement to see what would happen in that circumstance. But maybe you would forfeit your salary if you can't play. Anyway, let's go back to the phones here. We got uh, Howie on the line. Howie, go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, you know, I don't know why anybody would get off thinking that they can tell their employer, hey, you know what, I'm just going to bugger off uh, because, you know, these other guys want me to come and, and do some volunteer work. And it's basically the same thing. Um, and nobody's talking about how noble the NHL it is for them to have already given up their players for the last five Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're all talking about, oh, the NHL this, NHL that. I mean, I don't like Batman. The guy's a rat, but um, you know, at the end of the day, these people are running a business. They've put out the money. These players are getting huge dollars. There's no way. Would you be telling your boss or your employer in any way, hey, this is what I'm going to do. You remember the last, uh, I think it was, uh, I forget, I think it was Sochi Olympics where Ovechkin, he left, uh, he, he took off like three games from Washington because he wanted to fly with Russia, from Russia to the Olympics to show up with his comrades. Then after they got their ass handed to them at the Olympics, he took off back to to Washington and let the team go back and face Russia on his own. He's he's all about you know what's good for Ovechkin. Can't stand the guy. He uh, I'd say let him go. He's almost done his career anyways. He's not getting a cup. He'll never get a cup. <laughs> but uh, my point is is you don't tell your employer the guy that's paying your salary uh, you know what you're going to do or, or or I'm going anyways. That would be a a message to me telling me exactly who that guy is and. I would bench him till yeah. he uh, till he makes a different statement on uh, on social on on the to the media. You know, you can't do that. You got to recognize it for what it is. These people make big money to do what they're told and play hockey. That's what yeah. they should be doing. All right, Howie, well said. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see if this could be Washington's year to win a cup if it's ever going to happen. But we'll see how far they're willing to go, <clears throat> how far the Capitals are willing to go. So what if Washington says, look, you got a pretty sweet contract with us. We've now cleared it with the lawyers. If you go, 
Your contract is null and void. You're done. You're gone. You're not a member of this team anymore. We don't owe you anything anymore. Would they do that? And is he prepared to do that? So I think like how he says, I mean, it's, it's the star treatment. If Washington just says, well, you know, he's Ovechkin. We love him. He can kind of do what he wants. Then I guess they're to blame. So are they prepared to draw a line in the sand and then follow through if he defies them? That's going to be interesting to see. And who else follows suit? But I, I was surprised, though, by how vehement the Players Association was about this decision. How angry they were about this decision. Because it's interesting, this whole idea of sending NHL players to the Olympics, when it first came up, it seemed really weird. And it was never an issue before, right? We all thought, look, we got the Canada Cup. Now the Canada Cup's become the World Cup, and that's where the best on best play. And then, well, let's try this Olympic thing out. Let's see how this goes. And now it just seems to a lot of people like obvious that that's where it should be. That's what matters. It's all about the gold medal for your country. But it wasn't always that way. So I find that interesting how much that dynamic has switched. Because what do people watch more? What mattered more to people? The Canada Cup in 87 or the Hockey Olympics in 88? I can tell you exactly how the Canada Cup ended in 87. (laughs) I think we all know uh, how that went. Uh, It involved uh, 66 and 99. Uh, Even though the Olympics were here in 88, I couldn't really tell you how Canada did to be honest. But yet now the Olympics matter. And part of the problem was the NHL, for whatever reason, they went with a gimmicky World Cup last year with Team Europe and Team North America, young stars and the best of three final. That was just silly. You could take some extra time in the summer months and have those smaller countries. You could have it as a round-robin tournament or at least have countries qualify. Make those games matter. You want people to stop caring about the Olympics and get behind a World Cup. Make it matter. I think that's where the NHL dropped the ball a bit last year. Anyway, 403-974-8255. Got some open line time coming up after 1.30. Some other issues to get to as well. We are back after this. All right, welcome back, 403-974-8255 is a telephone number. We've got more time for your calls here. After 2 o'clock, we'll revisit the O Canada debate. Uh, just when you thought that was done, uh, the Senate is now dealing with what the House of Commons have previously dealt with, that vote to change the wording of O Canada and replace in all thy sons command with in all of us command. But it sounds like the Senate... But actually put the kibosh on that. Just kind of leave things as they were. We'll hear from one senator coming up after 2 o'clock. We'll get into that. Uh, 1988, it looks as though the Soviet Union won the gold. Finland won silver, Sweden bronze, and Canada was fourth, as a couple of people are saying. So that's how that went down. And there were some actual NHLers on that team. I think that was the first year it changed, where at least NHLers were not specifically prohibited from playing in the Olympics. But it is weird because, yeah, you got basketball and golf where the pros can play. Aren't the Olympics supposed to be amateur? Right? Like boxing, for example. You could put the, the best professional boxers in, in the Olympics. That would be something. But no, that's it's amateurs. Then once you're done with the Olympics, then you can turn pro. And that, isn't that how it's supposed to go? So who's going to play for Canada in the Olympics if we're not sending uh, you know, our, our best NHL stars? Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Michael has called in. Michael, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rob. How are you? I'm doing great. 
Excellent. You know what? With this Olympic stuff in the NHL, if Bettman says no, hey, you know what? I believe this, that we've got a lot of other hockey players outside of the WHL and the NHL that would love the opportunity to represent their country in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I believe this, that they would play with more heart and determination than what the guys that are making them millions of dollars because they're really just playing for the almighty dollar. Well, how are they paying playing for believe, the almighty dollar? They play for free at the Olympics. They're not getting paid for that. Well, it still doesn't matter. I think the Olympics should be an amateur sport, like you said, and get those guys that love to play hockey, pick them, and send them off with the coaches that coach them and let them go and play with heart and determination, and I think it'll be a great game. Well, pick them from where? where? You mean like we're talking about kids then? Like 18-year-olds? Well, we're talking 18-year-olds that love to play hockey. I'm pretty sure there's some bantam hockey players that are really good and are just chomping at the bit to get selected to go and play for Canada in the Winter Olympics. Well, we have something each year called the World Juniors. I mean, we could send our well, World yeah, Junior team yeah. as an Olympic That's team. That's right. Yeah, we do. And, you know, we have the World Cup of Hockey. We have the World Junior team. But you know what? I think that we could pick some good guys that are willing to go over there and play. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm sure we probably could. Michael, appreciate the call. Obviously, that's what we did prior to 1998. We found some good guys to go play hockey. Uh, I don't think they were bantam players, mind you. Uh, but sure, they, they, they were good guys. You know, each year there's the Spangler Cup tournament. I don't know if you folks follow the Spangler Cup, but it's basically you take all the Canadians. Well, not all the Canadians, but you pick basically an all-star team out of all the Canadians who play in various leagues in Europe. So you put them together, that's Team Canada. Then you invite some of the top clubs from the various leagues in Europe, and you have a tournament. So, yeah, basically, the Spangler Cup team could also be our our Olympic team. If the European leagues are still prepared to let their players go, that would be obvious. We'll just go to the European leagues, pick all the good Canadian players that are playing over there, and there's probably some in the KHL, too. And there you go. There's our Olympic team. But those aren't amateurs. Those are professionals. They don't make as much money as the professionals in the NHL, but they're still professional athletes. So does it matter to us who we send? Or do, should we be truly noble and say only amateurs? Like back in the day, I think it used to be like the, um, what was it, the Senior A men's champions that went on to, to represent Canada at the Olympics? I guess those guys are amateurs. Would the Allen Cup winner gets to go and be Team Canada at the Olympics? That would be interesting. So we'll see how it goes. Nobody's made any kind of announcement yet, and it's less than a year till the Winter Olympics, so people better figure this out. Then there's just the added weirdness of, well, wait a sec. We go out and say we're going to pick only Canadian players who play in Europe, and then all of a sudden Sidney Crosby phones up and says, look, I'm going to be there. I don't care what the Penguins say. I'm going to be there. Well, that kind of screws up your plans, doesn't it? So, yeah, they need to get this sorted out and in a hurry. And, you know, the funny thing is, 
Uh, there could always be uh, some kind of last-minute uh, uh, arrangement here. Where if the South Koreans start complaining to the IOC and say, what the hell, we thought you guys were going to deliver us the NHL players. If you know, Maybe the IOC all of a sudden says, e, gee, they go back and they throw a bone to the NHL, and maybe this all gets resolved. That could still happen. Anyway, 403-974-TALK. Let's take another quick break here. We'll come back. Some other news to get to. We are back with more right after this. All right, welcome back. 403-974-TALK is our number. You can call us, text us, same number. You can also email rob at newstalk770.com. I got this email from Neil. It says, if Ovechkin left, he would be suspended and would not get paid. If he was injured, he may invalidate his contract in part or in whole. There may also be financial penalties against him. I bet at the end of the day, when he researches how much insurance costs for him to cover his remaining contract in case he is injured and all the other issues he might have with the lawyers, he will be in Washington playing. That's a really interesting point. It's one thing for him to sit here and say, look, no one can tell me what I'm going to do. I'm Russian. I'm going to play for Team Russia. We're going to win a gold medal. It's going to be great. But yeah, the reality of what that means might be enough to scare him off or maybe some other players. Maybe Ovechkin doesn't care. Maybe he feels he's made so much, he's got nothing else to prove in the NHL. Maybe if he does win a cup this year, maybe he says, look, I've made a bunch of dough in the NHL. I've won a cup in the NHL. I got to win a gold medal for Russia. And fine, if the Washington Capitals cut me off, I'll just go play out some my final years in the KHL. Yeah, I could almost see that, but I think it's an important point. What does it mean then to walk away from your team? What does it mean to go play? What happens if you get injured? What does that mean for your contract? That's a big decision to make. And by the way, and someone texted and said, well, wasn't there an offer from the league to the NHLPA to make the Olympics happen? And this was back in December. Here's the, the news release from the NHLPA. It says the Players Association has formally rejected the league's proposal to allow players to participate in the 2018 Olympics in exchange for an extension to the current collective bargaining agreement. NHLPA Executive Director Don Fair says the players, primarily the executive board, showed no interest in the idea. He says he still hopes that we'll be able to conclude an agreement to go to the Olympics. Under the plan, the NHL would greenlight participation in the Winter Olympics if the players agree to extend the current contract by three years, eliminating a potential opt-out clause in the fall of 2019. The players agreed the CBA would have been extended to 2025, transforming it from an eight-year pact with an option to 10 years, with three years added on top of that. So, we were close to an agreement. I think the NHL was looking for some kind of benefit. We're not going to get anything from the NHL. Maybe the players can throw us a bone and simply extend the current CBA. So the players said no. I wonder if the players regret that now. So there was something on the table that could have made this happen. And that's where that went. So it doesn't sound like anybody's happy. I'm not sure how this gets resolved. So there's that to talk about. And I do wonder, by the way, as an aside, does it change how you feel about hosting the Winter Olympics in 2026? If the NHL and the IOC are done, they're finished, the divorce is final. So if the NHL stars aren't going to be part of the 2026 Winter Olympics, does it make you less interested in the Olympics and less interested in hosting the Olympics in 2026? Uh, this text here says, Rob, as much as I'm disappointed by the decision, I think you got to give credit to Gary Bettman for being one heck of a negotiator. Quite frankly, doesn't give a flying duck what people think of him. 
I do have a, a, a bit of respect for Gary Bettman. I find it funny when he gets booed everywhere. He's a, an easy guy to hate. But he's good at what he does. And let's face it, I mean, he works for the owners. Right? So we think of him as the, the boss of the NHL, the face of the NHL. But he works for the owners. So if the owners didn't like the job he was doing, if the owners didn't like the way he approached things, if the owners didn't like the things he said, he would be gone. So yeah, he, he represents them and represents their interest. And obviously when you look at the Olympics, the fact that they get nothing out of it, the fact that they got to let their players go, they got to shut down the league for three weeks, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, their position here is no surprise at all. None at all. Uh, and, you know, the funny thing was too, People, and I remember in the last lockout, and I was kind of in the minority on this, because people actually got behind the, the owners. I mean, Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, said, you know, it's pretty easy. We always uh, hate the owners. It's always easy to get mad at the owners. But when the owners wanted a salary cap, I remember going through this debate, and everyone thought I was bonkers. Everyone thought, who would be against the salary cap? Salary cap's a great idea. These players get too much money. I remember everybody seemed to be on the side of the owners in that. I said, well, wait a sec, wait a sec. Of course they want a salary cap because if they can cap the amount of money they pay the players, that's more money in their pockets. The players are the ones going on the ice. The players are the product. The players are the people there that the fans are paying to see. If NHL games are generating a lot of money, why shouldn't the players get a cut of that? So I remember going through that because I was against the salary cap. If a player wants to be paid a certain amount... He's fair to ask for it. The owners can say no if they want. It was almost like a salary cap was there to protect the owners from themselves. That, oh, somebody help me. I might throw $15 million at some guy. Well, if you've got the money to pay somebody $15 million, if you think he's worth it, go ahead. So I, it's funny because I was against the owners in that. I was with the players, and I think most people were against the players and supported the idea of a salary cap. Are things kind of reversed here? Because now I feel sympathetic to the owners. A lot of people are siding with the players. The players want to go. All right, 403-974-TALK. Let's take another quick break here. A couple other things to touch on before the top of the hour. We'll set up our final hour for you as well. We are back after this. All right, we're back. 403-974-TALK. If you want to call us up, send us a text. Uh, not surprisingly, again, it looks as though they're debating GSAs and related issues down at the ledge. Ever since Jason Kenney's remarks last week, the NDP have pounced. They sent out another press release today saying, well, does Jason Kenney think it's okay to fire gay people? They're just, uh, they're, they pounced on this. It's interesting, too. Uh, Wilders leader Brian Jean coming out and, and contradicting Jason Kenney on the whole matter of GSAs and whether parents should be notified if their kids join one. Kind of sets the stage for a leadership race between the two of them, doesn't it? Uh, anyway, let's go back to the phones, though. We got uh, Barry who's called in. Barry, good afternoon. Hello. Yes, sir. Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can. I was Got trying it. to turn my radio down here. Okay, well, you're on the air, Barry. Go ahead. Sure. No, I just related to the uh, Olympics and amateur hockey and so on. I, I listen to your program a lot, and I just had time on my hands finally to call in today uh, to kill some time. And, and the uh, uh, trick with the amateurs, professionals, everything, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I think it goes back to the years ago when the Russians had their hockey players as part of their army, and they were essentially fully paid 
professionals that played hockey and and we were sending actual amateurs that weren't in the NHL over there and the Russians were winning all the time in the Olympics because they had essentially a professional paid for hockey team and I think that genie is out of the bottle now and I don't think you can ever go back to have true amateurs in a world sense because there will be countries that will just not send amateurs does that sound right? Well, I, yeah, I wonder because I'm trying to think when, you know, we started to see, I think the, the Stasnys were the first to come over, you know, break the, the Iron Curtain, defect, come play in the NHL, and then it was kind of a, a flood after that of Russians and, and other players coming. Uh, so that, that did change, I guess, because 88 opened up a little bit where professionals could play. Uh, so we went through 88, then uh, we had 92, or rather 94, and then, then 98 again. So... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there, there's something to that. Maybe that was part of the reason why it changed. But for, well, for I, a long I, time, it, we didn't allow NHLers to go. We had the Canada Cup Series where our NHLers would play the Soviets, and then those same Soviet players would go to the Olympics, and they'd, they'd clean up most years. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think that we can go backwards on that. And uh, again, you pointed out it all comes down to money. Uh, you know, the NHL wants to keep their money and not spend it to send the players. The IOC wants to keep their money and not spend it to support insurance and other things. But uh, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. I think if they don't go uh, with the professionals, it's kind of like back to 88, you were saying the Russians and all the rest of it. I think this is going to be a turning point to maybe make an effort to truly go back and have the Olympics be strictly amateurs as far as hockey goes, and then the NHL won't have to worry. But it's still to be decided, and I just wanted to make sure we all knew that that's, uh, that's going to be the problem going back is as long as the Russians or any other country has their own version of professionals, Canada would send as good a team as we could, but it, would, it probably wouldn't win. Well, but it's kind of a level playing field now, I think is the point. There is no more Soviet Red Army team. Right, the NHL. Russia's got its players in the NHL, just like U.S. does, just like Canada does, just like Sweden does. So, it's kind of a level playing field in that sense. Yeah, I guess you're right. And what about is it the KLM? This is the Russian league. Yeah, the KHL. Yeah, KHL. Yeah, that's the airline. Uh, KHL. <laughs> that's, right. yeah, that, that's that's a uh, that's like an NHL. I mean, that's a professional league. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, although maybe they're not at all at the same level. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the Russians could have KHL players, couldn't they? Yeah, oh, probably. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah Barry, appreciate the phone call. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what ends up coming of this and who Canada sends and who Russia sends and everybody else. Uh, let's go back to the phones, though. Jim is up next. Hey, Jim. Yes, uh, how are you doing? Pretty good. Rob, uh, I just wanted to, um, I was up to the, uh, the Coliseum in Edmonton. The old one or the new one? The new one. Okay. And uh, I'm wondering how they're paying for that. I know uh, when you buy something inside, you're sure paying through the nose. <laughs> well, yeah, I had two true. bottles of water and one slice of pizza, 17 bucks. Right. Um, a beer is $12. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there must, some of that must be going in towards the cost of that building. That's not what's paying for it, no. It's not, eh? No, that's that's profit. That's all profit. The team makes money off concessions, all of that stuff. Yeah, but uh, um, did they get any money from the government, the provincial? The provincial government, no. There's there's money from, from the city that went toward building that arena. Yep. They got some from that. 
And uh, uh, one more thing. Uh, um, uh, why doesn't the players uh, pay for part of this building, too? I mean, they're getting tremendous amounts of money. I mean, they're, they're mostly all millionaires now, yeah. except for the young guys that are coming up. But, you know, why don't they put in some, too? Well, but I mean, well part of the, the problem is... The taxpayers are probably going to, you know, the city is okay. going to put in some there, so... Yeah, but Jim, players move around a lot, right? So what, what well, arena... I know the... they move around a lot. But the whole... Why doesn't the whole league go, and, and when there's new buildings, put their money in there, and then uh, well, yeah, they'll they, keep that... having new buildings, and, you know, they won't have to go so much on the taxpayers. Well, look, if governments are willing to give them money, then they'll take it. Well, the government hasn't got any money here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Isn't that true? Right. right. Yeah, that that could work, though. Well, I mean, as a league-wide approach. Well, I borrow some more. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, <laughs> Jim. Thanks for the phone call. I, mean, you, I guess you would need the NHLPA as an organization to say, well, we're going to have a pot of money that cities can draw from if they want to build arenas. But uh, no, they're never going to do that. It's not going to happen. They'll put it on the owners. And again, in, in some markets, the owners have said, sure, well, whatever, we'll build an arena, that's fine. But elsewhere, if they're going to ask them, well, how about you guys, uh, you city council, you state government, you provincial government, how about you guys kick in some money? As well ask the question, and if the answer is yes, why turn that down? So that's, that's how it typically goes, right? If the cities are willing to give it, the teams are willing to take it. All right, 403-974-8255. Got some other stuff to get to uh, in our final hours. Mentioned the latest on whether the lyrics of O Canada are going to change. Now the Senate's got something to say about it. Plus the Fraser Institute out with its uh, report card on Alberta elementary schools. And there's some, some warning signs here. We'll find out more. Our final hours straight ahead. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.